Hello and welcome back to Scrollies, uh, another episode. And I'm going to give you a deal right now. Uh, the post credits bit. If you send me a donation or squat cobbler to us, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna not only get this podcast, you're gonna get a bonus 15 minutes of podcast after that'll come out in you know another year. But trust me, we're good for it. Uh, I am Team Ratnado of the Scrollies podcast. I'm here with my co-host Squat Cobbler. Yeah, and that uh, extra bit, you're not going to know what that includes. You're just going to know that you're going to get it. And then once it drops, you'll see it then. You might get like a PNG of the podcast, yeah, which is an audio podcast. So yeah. I don't know what you'd be seeing in the PNG, but you'll be getting that. And that'll show you what you get. But yeah, you have to wait for the actual yeah. content after you've paid. People will know you're a true collector. And uh, you'll have to come back to this podcast in like five or six months and you'll then you can download the dlc of this the updated podcast and then you can listen to it as it was meant to truly be played but if you buy the season <laughs> pass now for content you don't know is coming yet you'll be able to get all of it minus a few ones that aren't included in the season pass for whatever reason yeah yeah we, we've got packaging we've got ways to there's different options <laughs> Welcome. Obviously, today you read from the title. We're talking about pre-orders and all the ways those crazy publishers get our money. But before that, I got a question for you. What is the best pre-order you've ever done and why? Now, Ratnado, I need to clarify. Is this best in terms of final content that I got or best in terms of the attachments associated with said pre-order? <laughs> I I think maybe the uh, both both at the same time. This is this is a freeform both, essay. Both at the same time. Oh boy. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've talked about it a little bit before, folks. But the best pre-order I've ever done in terms of the game as it turned out, plus the content included in it, I guess. Uh, yeah. Considering I did pre-order it, they weren't bonuses for the pre-order, but they did come with the pre-order. <laughs> Metroid Dread: The Collector's Edition. I pre-ordered it. Back in the summer of 2021. But actually, not really, now that I think about it. What I pre-ordered was the standard edition of Metroid Dread. I got it because for whatever reason, I thought that game was going to sell out. The Metroid series, which, as we've discussed, has historically <laughs> sold poorly. I was worried that game was going to sell out, and I needed to get the physical copy immediately. Turns out I was right just about the wrong game. Metroid Prime Remastered sold out. Oh, uh, it was gosh. hard to find physically for, for a few weeks there. Uh, this year, but that was that was well after Metroid Dread. So I got the yeah. standard edition. I wanted to get the collector's edition, but I checked and it was sold out online. Uh, it's mm. The scalpers had gotten to that one, so I said, ah, I missed my opportunity. But you know what? Yeah. I'm going to get the standard edition, and maybe maybe they'll have some available to buy in-store on release day. So I went on release day, which was October 8th, I want to say, 2021. I remember it very vividly. I streamed the game that day. That was like the first time I'd streamed a day of release game ever. I don't think I've done yeah. it since then. No. <laughs> um, not even with Tears of the Kingdom. I'm not. I'm no Ratnado. But uh, I, hey, I wanted to be basic for once. And just hey, you know what? We all want to be a little basic. Stoopers. <laughs> Stoopers. So I went and I picked it up. And I asked, hey, do you have any collector's edition in stock? And they said, oh, we did this morning, but they, they were all gone within 10 minutes. You should have come here when we opened it. I said, yeah, I should, I should have. I don't know why I slept until noon and then showed up. Silly me. <laughs> so I, I went home with my standard edition, and I thought, you know what? I did drive. I, I left out this detail. Should I just do the whole thing over? No, yeah, if you want to, yeah. I'll just, I'll just throw this in there. So I drove to where I pre-ordered, which was... 
about 30 miles away from where I live. Don't ask. It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it at a specific store that was near me, not the one that was actually closest to my residence. So, yeah. Oh, well. So I on my way back, I thought, you know, I didn't actually check the GameStop that was most local to where I live. The one that's five minutes away from the Casa, which I lived at the time. So I said, hmm, let me check something. I, I called him up on the drive. I said, hey, do you have any of the Metroid Dread Collector's Editions there? And they said, oh, yeah, we, st we still have plenty. And I said, okay, cool. I'll be right there. <laughs> 30 minutes later, I show up after having drive all the way back from where I picked up the standard edition. And they hadn't even taken them out of the box yet. <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay, there you cool. Go. And I picked up the collector's edition there, not pre-ordered, but I did pre-order the standard edition, which I ended up giving to that guy as a birthday gift. Oh, how nice. And that guy played it. I don't, I, I don't think he did, but I gave it to him yeah, as a birthday he, gift. He will, he will. One day. I mean, they, he's that PS5 guy, so we got to just convert him to guy. that Switch guy. <laughs> he has the Switch, actually, but I, I think he plays very different types of games than me at this point. <laughs> we, we, we were pretty much uniform up until 2012, and then we diverged pretty drastically, which is <laughs> just fine. There's there's a little bit of overlap with Rockstar, but that's about it at this point in time. Now, Ratnado, the pre-order of the standard edition Ratnado came with a Metroid Dread pin of Samus and the Emmy, which is still in its packaging. I've never actually taken it out, but I might uh, put that up on the Discord or something. The collector edition came with an art book as well as some little uh, decals of all the box art from the first few games. Right. Interesting. So, Not bad. Those are those are what I got. How about yourself, Ratnado? What is the best pre-order you've ever done? Oh my gosh. Okay. I think and and it's really it's pretty difficult because I mean we'll talk about some of the other stuff that I've done but honestly one of my favorite and I think I might have lost it now because I used it so much I had it on an old jacket uh I pre-ordered not the best pre-order for the game but one of the my favorite things I ever got was the pre-order for Star Fox Zero Ooh. on Wii U yeah I got the uh the box edition it came with a Star Fox patch like just a little symbol on it and this is before like i mean now i'm sure you could just get anyone to commission it like there's probably millions on the internet and you could do that stuff and, and so on but it was really cool etsy i feel like somebody out there probably does it very simple a uh, little circular patch with uh, the logo you know red in red and red stitching around the outside and i had it on my favorite jacket and i would once in a while somebody would come and be like Star Fox and I'd be like yeah Star Fox and we'd like talk about it and so I, I don't I don't know if I've ever really I mean the, the game ended up being pretty mid it was not the best game you can't really defend it maybe secretly a lot of people don't know that that I'm a pretty big Star Fox stan uh, the OGs remember it Ratnado I remember the N64 follow-up to Cute Vember which consisted of Bomberman 64 <gasps> DK 64 eventually and Star Fox 64 so I love me some Star Fox <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV and Metroid Dread has had the spotlight for uh, the majority of this year, so it's yeah. time for Star Fox to make its grand return. Maybe not with Star Fox Zero, but Star Fox Guard, yeah. perhaps? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. There, there's that, Star Fox Didn't in that the come with the pre-order? Or was that was that just included with the game? Which, which is still pretty cool. I mean, the, the, you, the package you get from it... I gotta have it here somewhere. Whatever. It, it's not... I'll, I'll try and find it. And Again, I'll post it on Instagram or something if I can find it. Um... But uh, yeah, very, very good. 
I, I think that pre-orders, they're all over the place, and we're going to talk about today where they've been, where they've gone, our thoughts, some of our pre-orders that uh, were maybe good, we've talked about. Maybe we'll talk about something that uh, has changed within us with pre-orders going forward. You, the listener, what kind of pre-orders do you do? Do you still pre-order? Has it ever been a good experience for you? And, uh, well, let's talk about that. Squat Cobbler, are you a fan of pre-orders or no? At this exact moment in time, currently, in this era, no, not at all. <laughs> in fact, I've had some very bad experience with pre-orders, and I have to keep learning the lesson that I shouldn't bother pre-ordering because there's no point. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Most recently with Jedi Survivor, and then uh, a few years before that with Red Dead Redemption 2, both on PC. But, uh, and a number of games I could have pre-ordered because I was hyped for them ended up being duds, and I would have been out of luck and in search of a refund had I pre-ordered them. So I can talk a little more about those examples, right, Nato, but how about yeah. yourself? What are your thoughts? So, um, and the and through the progression of time, much like you said, I think there was a time that pre-orders were really good, and just time and experience has whittled me down to say, yeah, outside of a very select criteria, I always see almost absolutely no reason to do a pre-order, and it's also even like enabling for bad behavior on a publisher's part to pre-order. If there's anything I can impress upon a listener as well, uh, I hope you listen to this and you have an opinion already, or we can persuade you a little bit. And uh, not trying to start a movement or anything, but uh, yeah, Squat Cobbler. We're sparking change here on the Scrollies <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is our uh, mission now. If we all stand together, we can we can make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my soapbox? I need to stand on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I, you said something about the Red Dead Redemption. Do you think you could go a little bit more into that? Yeah, tell me a little bit about your pre-order experience with these. Well, with Red Dead Redemption 2, it was actually a pretty good pre-order experience, but then the game's launch on PC was super buggy. Uh, now, normally I don't bother pre-ordering something until at least the reviews have come out. Um, and at this point, it's even with that, I usually wait for the game to drop because of performance issues now with uh, Jedi Survivor from that lesson. Um, yeah. With Red Dead... Redemption 2, it actually launched on console about a year before PC, and I kind of expected that to be the case, that it would be announced on PC and released about a year later, since that's what happened with GTA 5. And uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 obviously never came to PC, but I, I figured it would probably follow suit uh, the Rockstar launch going forward. Probably going to be the same deal with GTA 6. Yeah. All that being said, the Rockstar launcher was also debuted around that time as Red Dead Redemption 2, and that was the first big game to utilize it. Uh, GTA 5 transitioned over it too shortly after <laughs> but they were trying to really get everyone on the launcher first thing so they pretty much said hey if you buy Red Dead Redemption 2 through our launcher not only will you get Red Dead Redemption 2 but you'll also get three games in addition to that of your choosing from our from our past library so I out of the selection they offered I chose LA Noir and Max Payne 3 which Given I haven't played Max Payne 1 or 2, I don't know if I'm going to get to that anytime soon. Should I play it? Samson ID, let me know. Should I play Max Payne 3 <laughs> on its own? <laughs> and uh, I think I also got GTA San Andreas, but that might not have been a pre-order. That might have just been because I got the launcher like when it first dropped. So, right, yeah. that's actually, so you can't get that anymore. You can't get those original versions of GTA uh, Trilogy because they have delisted them with the definitive editions. But I still have the OG version of GTA San Andreas on PC. That. Hey. So uh, with that, pretty pretty good pre-order deal. You get three games 
you get four games for the price of one. Yeah. You know, I would say that it was a great experience all around, except when Red Dead Redemption 2 dropped on PC, it was a buggy mess. Not only could <laughs> it not launch for the first few days at all, I kept getting like error messages to the point where I, I basically got sad. And then uh, Doobie Teen, you know, bless him, he, he lent me his PS4 to play the PS4 version of Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> while I waited for it to be patched into a working order on PC. Oh, no. It was the nicest thing he ever did for me. Uh, gave me his, his waifu uh, hentai sticker <laughs> PS4 to play on. Uh, can I say it on this clean podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe cut that out. Who knows? You can say it, but we can't look at it. I mean, obviously, because it's a podcast. A listener, just don't even think about it. Just just let that go. Or we're not going to linger on it any longer. <laughs> so that's what I did. And, you know, it finally got passed into a launchable state. Was it playable? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. I'll sum up my experience with the launch of Red Dead Redemption 2 in two words, Ratnado. Wireframe deer. Oh, oh, wait a second. Hold on a second. I remember seeing this on, like, Reddit. Yeah. You played Red Dead Redemption 2's prologue. You know about the whole hunting tutorial they have you do where you you hunt the deer, you pick them up, bring them back to camp. So when I shot the deer, yeah, everything was fine. But the second I picked them up, they immediately just became wireframe versions of themselves without any of the textures, without any of the fur. <laughs> you could literally see the, the polygon stretching and, and where, the, where the lines were between them. It was so immersion-breaking. I was like, wow, this is jank. <laughs> so it took a couple weeks after that for it to actually start looking as good as I had remembered it looking on PS4. But man, was that a buggy launch (laughs) probably the worst experience uh up until recent memory uh was red dead redemption 2's pc launch and it made me swear off getting pre-orders for a long time after that yeah yeah i I think the uh and that's crazy because you had something similar i don't know how much you want to go into it but with jedi survivor where uh it kind of seems like pc is always just an afterthought and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be i mean games are developed on pc ultimately like for specific hardware usually that's why that's why you're always going to get a more or less stable console release unless it's a cyberpunk situation but (laughs) you're targeting one specific consistent set of hardware as opposed to a vast variety of low-end to high-end hardware on pc yeah so i guess like in that sense it makes sense why sometimes you might have some trouble in the low end but with high-end which i mean i have a 40 80 graphics card now that's a i had to like mortgage my house for it it's a pretty expensive one uh <laughs> but i pick that up and think oh okay i'm good to play like all like modern releases now for a good while because this is a high-end pc uh at this point between that and between the cpu and everything else which we talked about in the pc episode but no jive survivor it, it chugged it ran terribly on pc when i first picked it up uh not so much in the middle of boss fights but when i went to like towns it was like dropping down to five fps and i would just book it to the nearest save point before it crashed so i was like man this is this is pretty rough uh it wasn't as bad as it was before launch because i don't know like reviewers were saying like the audio would just be skipping out during cutscenes. you wouldn't even be able to like hear the like lines because it was so buggy so it got a little better than that but now we're at a point where it's even worse than it was when it launched ratnado because my ea launcher Man, launchers are just the bane of, of our existence, as we discussed yeah. in our launcher episode. But the, <laughs> EA, the EA launcher keeps saying Jedi Survivor has an update. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's probably another patch to fix performance. I hit update. It goes updating, finalizing, just like skips right to the end. And then it finishes and it says update required. 
Oh, and so it's stuck in an update loop where I can't even launch the game now. <laughs> so I oh tried uninstalling gosh. it and like reinstalling it from scratch thinking, okay, well, the patch will be baked into the like, you know, new version, right? That I install. Nope, same issue. So at this point, I basically decided Jedi Survivor, I really want to like it. I mean, we talked about how excited we were for it and I'm sure like the game is great. I've heard comparisons. It's like the Arkham City to Fallen Order's Asylum. And I'm like, yeah. man, if you want to sell me on a game, that's what you got to say. But... <laughs> Like, story-wise and, and, like, characters and all that aside, just the actual, like, state of the game performance-wise is just such a lackluster and disappointing state that I don't feel like I'm actually going to enjoy the game if I even try and play it at this point. So I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna hold off for a couple months, probably pick it up, and after I get well into Tears of the Kingdom on Switch, uh, which, uh, eh, all things considered, I've heard is actually running pretty well. <laughs> um... <laughs> Which is kind of surprising, but uh, yeah, it's it's better on console, is what I've heard. But PC is pretty rough even to this uh, day. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean that that happens way too often. As we're talking about like with pre-orders, how did we get here? Here's something I've been thinking about, Spark Cobblers. I've been thinking about like, you know, oh, we everyone's like no pre-orders, no pre-orders. Has there ever been a time that pre-order is good? And here, here's what I submit to you. I submit to you that it has never been a good idea. Almost never. <laughs> Because even the things we look back in the past of like, I remember I wanted to pre-order the uh, the the gold cartridge version of Ocarina of Time as a pioneering eight-year-old trying to make money so I could get it. Only in retrospect is that like a good thing because I know Ocarina of Time is good and I know how valuable that would be not only monetarily but like emotionally to me to have that. I didn't end up getting it. I ended up, I think, uh, getting something else. But Everything ends up on eBay eventually, right, Nato? Yeah, that's true. Well, and we were talking about this a little bit of like, you know, like, well, now games are bad in pre-order because they they expect to finish them or there's going to be a patch problem. But what if you pre-ordered the game and it was just bad and yeah. there was no internet to update it, you know? Yeah, a Sonic 06 situation where mm-hmm. there just isn't even a solution to fix it after the fact. There's that iconic Shigeru Miyamoto quote, a delayed game is eventually good. Rushed game is forever bad. Exactly. And so, so yeah, you, you think about that in the past of like, well, pre-orders were good because they had to finish games. What if what they finished was terrible? And, and, and you're stuck I guess with for- it. And you oftentimes couldn't return it for that reason. I think that's only really become a thing recently where you can just return it because it sucks. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so I think for that is like the, the thing they've done to like try and get you to do it, or they did it back back in time is to add things to it. And I, I think um, adding deals like pre-order oh, you- bonus exclusives exactly those those don't really work on me either because i'm like well i've got so many games that by the time i get to this in eight months this is going to be a definitive edition with everything for cheaper so uh to me it's always about collectibles if there's if there's a pre-order i see and i'm like ooh, that's a really cool collectible that comes with it like a physical item uh as we talked about in our merchandising stuff you know that that'll get me in the door but i think anymore like uh, and i talked about this too i think at 1.2 watchdogs was the game that burned me the most i was so Ooh. hyped i was so excited i pre-ordered i got like a poster and i think when you pre-ordered you got like the uh you got like us the bandana and everything in it and it was really cool and i was so excited and i got the game and i got like an hour in i was like this game sucks why did i buy this watered down ubisoft gta <laughs> nothing more well, yeah no i i'm with you there it's ultimately at this point i tell myself i'm gonna wait for, for the reviews not because the reviews are like the end all be all like i've disagreed with reviews with reviews before but yeah. 
you at least get some major red flag vibes from the reviews if there's going to be a significant issue on launch. And if you pre-order, then you're not going to have that. So yeah. what's the point? And like, it's not even like it saves you time because with digital now, if you want a game the moment it comes out, you can just buy it at midnight when it comes out. <laughs> you don't have to get it pre-ordered. It's not like you have to go to the, the stores and like reserve your copies anymore. With digital, the pre-orders have become even like stupider of an idea than they were back then because yep. it's not a quantity issue. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I mean, in a similar way, it's technically not a new game, but like I was just telling you, I, I no longer do limited run games because once you pay them the money, you're locked in. What are you going to do? You can't, can't, they don't, I don't think they allow canceling. And it's kind of just like, well, why did I do that? I'm, I'm a dork. They can just like do whatever they want now. Is, is it going to, are they going to release it in a year, two years? Who knows? I got Knights of the Old Republic to the Sith Lords in physical. And I think it was like late 2021 or something. And here we are, almost mid 2023. I finally got it. For a second, I thought I didn't actually order it. I'm like, I don't know if I actually did. Did I not do it? Maybe it was like in Solon Skip for uh, making you wait just about as long on Zombies <laughs> Ain't My Neighbors physical. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Fool you once, shame on them. Fool you twice, shame on you, Ratnado. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't, no I don't order from games. No uh, more. The Scrollies podcast officially makes that stance that limited run games is not worth your time or money. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, man, I, I, I like a physical object on the, I can put up there, but it ain't worth it sometimes. Um, <laughs> pre-orders. Time man. is a commodity, Fratnado, just like money. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I don't know. There are some things that I always feel, I, I don't know. I guess to me, it's always just like emotion too, because there are some things I will pre-order. For example, uh, like obviously any Final Fantasy game. Most Final Fantasy games that like are important to me. Um, but yeah, these days it's just, let me wait for day of, or let me hear what somebody else says first, or let me watch, uh, the, the first 10 minutes of somebody play it. And I think that like YouTubers have changed the game so dramatically now because it's just ultra transparent, you know? Yeah. There, there's no paid shills. They'll tell it to you straight from the heart. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there are paid shills, but you know, you can usually identify them. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's always just like a good idea to just like, well, I, I like back in the day, sure, sure. If you didn't pre-order Halo 2, you know, you weren't going to be able to go and download that off of you know on your dsl five megabits a second uh line so you had to because if you didn't you might have to wait a week or two weeks sometimes even a month to get another shot at it and uh man i I can't believe that they're still really trying to push pre-orders i get why on their marketing end but it's weird it's real weird it makes sense there's there's a sense of fomo with the bonuses you know it's like oh once once i missed that shot it's gone that they got me with that obi-wan skin on survivor so (laughs) i'm a fool for that one but ultimately i mean yeah in terms of like actually obtaining the game and playing it right away when it comes out just buy it digitally at midnight if if it's what you really want to do or just wait until like a couple days into it you'll get a pretty good impression of where it's at if it's in a playable state uh, if it's even worth your time. Um, ultimately, it's just uh, they're greedy. And I, I would say feel free to pre-order from the developers you trust. But even the developers you trust can let you down. Uh, I think a lot of people experienced that with CD Projekt Red when Cyberpunk dropped. Uh, and that was so buggy. I didn't play that one personally. But how, how could you not know about that uh, launch? Yeah. 
And then uh, even with myself, Rocksteady, I mean, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League got pushed. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what, I mean, we'll see. No one's played it yet, but it's not looking too hot right now. I don't know. <laughs> so I would have pre-ordered from Rocksteady, but even that, I'm just like, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah. So we'll see. Like, I mean, DK games, Metroid games, obviously I'm going to be there day one, but I don't know if I'm going to pre-order anymore. I'll just yeah. pick it up when it comes out because <laughs> i'll have a pretty good idea what the deal is then as i was thinking about this i feel like nintendo is usually pretty safe i don't know has there been like big nintendo blunders on pre-orders or like you know bad launches i mean if you're talking about the whole nintendo umbrella then sure i mean like pokemon scarlet and violet that launched in a terrible state and never really got fixed that's Game Freak, obviously, <laughs> not Nintendo themselves, but they still let them release it. So I, I guess they're still partially to blame there. Um, yeah. I feel like with first party stuff, like they usually do fine. But also we're at the point with the Switch where it's just like so old that even their big, you know, high ticket items are starting to come out with like frame drops and performance issues. So I don't know. I, I, I'd say just wait across the board. You really never know <laughs> until it's actually out. Yeah. It, which is unfortunate and it sucks but it's just kind of how the state of the state of the industry is right now where they don't even sell you a finished game they sell you a incomplete uh work in progress that you basically beta test for them at full price that yeah. you could get on sale when it's finished with more content a year from then <laughs> yeah and that's kind of where i'm at i'm just like i see no reason to not buy games on sale like ever just yeah. given what the state of the industry is right now yeah yeah, I think that ultimately what's really difficult about it is that we love video games. But like as I like literally as I was thinking this one like bright spot that I did have is as a gamer, I have so many games. Uh, and so while pre-orders may not be a good thing for us, it may not be like consumer friendly. How many times have I been like, I've got 10 games in my docket. I'm sorry, I can't pre-order what you know i can't pre-order this game oh by the time i'm walking around walmart a year later the definitive edition with all the dlc on the next console and at half the price amazing yes i'm hyped let me go home and play it right now so so i mean maybe that's something that is good about the one thing that i've found is good about that about like pre-orders and dlc they almost always come back around and there's a way to get them because they they know they can get you eventually but as long as you can resist it to start uh, or, you know, wait, or if it's something you're not that interested in, they can entice you in down the road with here's everything now. Sure, you didn't get that initial hype. Uh, shout out to our patient gamers, you know. 100%. Yeah, don't let FOMO control your life, folks. As someone who's been missing out most of their life, you'll be <laughs> fine. Uh, imagine... Uh, I, I'm, I'm finally I'm... getting some big, huge series at this point in my 20s that released when i was a child and teenager i'm okay it's not going to be the end of the world if you don't get to ride that initial wave <laughs> i i'm a, i'm imagining some kid in like uh in 20 2033 who's like maybe i don't know whatever their version of a podcast is it's like yeah i just i really got into the ghost of tsushima series and luckily there's like three more games so like this is amazing <laughs> you just marathon them yeah i think podcasts in 2033 will be podcast rat nato just just gonna go out on a limb and guess that <laughs> only 10 years from now no by that time we'll be able to inject you into the studio with vr so uh, okay grandpa back to the home <laughs> <laughs> oh god um yeah no um 
I think uh, I think overall, there's almost never a good idea. I only do them if there's something I really, really want, and that's what got. I mean, I was gonna get Star Fox Zero anyways, but that patch, man. If I ever find it again, I'm gonna put it on something I use now because I love that patch. Um, you know what? You iron that patch onto whatever you want. I you, so- you earned it. I sewed it on. Well, actually, I had a friend sew it on, but uh, it wasn't going anywhere. Well, I think that I mean I think that concludes it. Uh, uh, once again, make sure to return to this in spring 2024 to get the complete version with all the DLC. We'll be doing a, a direct, a, a Scrollies direct to tell you about that in the coming months. So, sorry about all the audio issues on release, everyone. We'll, we'll be sure to fix that over the next few months. Uh, this has been Scrollies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, shout out to Pow Wow. He told me he listens. He's, he's binging through these again. So uh, what's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for listening. Let's go, Pow Wow. <laughs> I think at the time of this release, Rackhunt is almost upon us, like very close. Uh, check it out. We're going to have a list of everybody going, their their handles. Go follow all those friends. Uh, there's tons of people going. We're going to be doing some fun IRL streams. We're going to be doing some streams at the place. And uh, you might even see Papa War staff there in person. So check it out. Uh, as otherwise, we're Tears of the Kingdom, we're playing games and hanging out. All Final Fantasy XIV is always. Uh, I have been here with my co-host, Squat Cobbler. Ratcon is a matter of days away. I'll be there. Ratnate will be there along with many, many, many others. And yeah, certainly keep your eyes on the discords and all the feeds for any and all content from that. because That's going to be hype. Um, as for myself, Metroid May is wrapping up now. We have a few games under our belt and we're just finishing up the last of Metroid Prime 2 Echoes on the YouTube Let's Play. At RatCon, we're going to have a Super Metroid stream live from RatCon with all the attendees there who want to partake. And uh, that's going to be something real special, so you won't want to miss that. It'll be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see me play Super Metroid with uh, a few added uh, additions to it. (laughs) We'll just say that. (laughs) Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening, uh, Scrollies listeners, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you later.